Today is Pentecost Sunday, and uh, we started talking about Pentecost Sunday last Sunday. Started talking about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. I need to tell you this, that the person of the Holy Spirit, and he is a person, is, a, is an idea, is a person hardly known, if, if at all prior to the time that Jesus started speaking about him. Jesus said this before he left this earth. He said, unless I go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. Jesus told his disciples again and again that the day was coming when he would be leaving this earth. He would not be around forever. Some of the disciples were very upset, very worried, very concerned. It didn't make sense to them. They had their own ideas about what God was going to do. They believed that, they believed that Jesus was going to set up his kingdom here on earth and that they would be part of that earthly kingdom. But God had something far greater, far, far greater, something that would impact more than just Israel, but something that would impact the whole world, every man, every woman, every child. God was... God has promised through Jesus Christ his Holy Spirit. This is, this is unheard of. Never had anybody heard of such a thing up to this point. In fact, no religion today suggests such a thing, that the Spirit of God would come and dwell in the hearts of God's people. Now here's the thing. The difference between religion and the difference between a relationship with God is found precisely in this idea of the Holy Spirit coming and indwelling God's people. When you come to church on Sunday, I pray, I hope, that you're not just going through some kind of a religious ritual where you sort of show up and, you know, stand up to sing, raise your hand, sit down, stand up, give money, sit down, laugh at a few jokes, and do this week in and week out. We're talking this morning about the Spirit of God dwelling in you so that you have a relationship with God and so that you could be used by God. So the question that I have for you this morning is this. Are you being used by God? Are you a channel of God's blessing? to a broken and hurting world. You see, when you became a Christian, you signed up to be part of God's great plan to redeem this world, to purchase it back so it would belong to God once again. Jesus says this just before he leaves this earth in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. If you would read that with me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit who would come and dwell in us. Now, for what reason? Some of you know that we are a Pentecostal church. I have to tell you that I haven't always been proud of that fact. You say, what are you talking about? Well, maybe some of you have heard some... Uh, crazy things about Pentecostals. When Gloria was in university, one of her profs was talking about 
uh, about Pentecostals and asked the class, has anybody been to a tongue-speaking ceremony? You can ask Gloria whether she raised her hand or not. And then he talked about the snake handling that happens in some of the so-called Pentecostal churches in the southern states. I want you to know that you don't ever have to worry about me pulling a snake out on some Sunday morning and saying, guess what today is? <laughs> it's snake day. No, that's not going to happen here. You can relax. We don't do that kind of thing. You've heard the expression of people swinging from the chandeliers. Anybody ever heard that one? Yeah. And rolling in the aisles. The holy rollers. Pentecostalism. And the outpouring of the Spirit is about so much more than just the, these ecstasies and these so-called wacky experiences. We're talking about the outpouring of the Spirit for service. The outpouring of the Spirit so that we would be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is why God has poured out His Spirit, so that we would be empowered and know the Spirit of God dwelling within us so that we would become partners with Him and bringing hope to this world. And so this morning I want to ask you, are you in partnership with God? Or is yours, your Christianity just a, a hollow religion? I'll talk about that more in just a moment. But I want you to know today that you are called to be God's agents. Here's what happened when the Holy Spirit was poured out. We see many, many incredible miracles, incredible happenings in the book of Acts, in the early church. We get to the book of uh, the eighth chapter of Acts, and look at what we read here. It says, The Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. And the man says, How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. But let me just say this. I want you to look at those first four words. The Spirit told Philip to do something. My friends, this is what authentic Christianity is. When you are led by and directed by the Holy Spirit to make a difference in this world. The Holy Spirit was not given just so that you could have the warm, fuzzy feelings and, uh, and, and just have an emotional release, because so often that's all that happens in so many Pentecostal churches. But what we recognize today is that the spirit that has been given to us is called the spirit of evangelism, the spirit which enables us to go and share good news with a broken and hurting world. The spirit has been given for the purpose of witnessing. Now, when you read the book of Acts, you'll find it's all about men and women who've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to be God's agents in the world. And you know what we discover? We discover that these men and women, equipped and enabled by the Holy Spirit, literally turned Jerusalem upside down. That's, that's how it's recorded in the history. The whole, the whole of Jerusalem is literally turned upside down. Why? Because men and women, empowered by the Holy Spirit, begin to share their faith and allow the Spirit of God to lead them. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit as a child, I was only about 18, 12 years old, 
and you remember me telling the story about how my sister came home from camp one year, and um, she said, Alan, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. You, you got you to gotta, you gotta discover that. You got to find that out. And uh, she, I said, well, how do you do it? She said, well, all you do is when, he, when the guy quits talking, just, just come up to aisle and kneel down in the front seat and then pray, and then you'll get it. So I thought, that sounds pretty simple. I don't know any theology, don't know the scripture verses on the subject, don't know the doctrine on the subject, but I did exactly what my sister said, and I just waited for the guy to quit talking. And after he'd done talking, I, I immediately made, it, made my way to the altar and knelt down, and one of the counselors said to me, what are you doing here? And he said, well, I said, I, I want to get filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, well, that's not a problem. He began to pray with me. He said, just confess your sin to God and ask God to fill you, and I did that. And boom! like lightning bolts out of heaven. And I began to speak in other tongues, and it, it went on. And you, you've heard me tell this before, and like fire raging through me. What happened after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, after I received the Spirit of God upon me and in me, I became the campground evangelist. I was, I was coaxing some of the other kids who were just there to just have a good time, to go swimming and... and uh, you know, play tetherball and do the things you do when you go to camp. And that wasn't good enough for me. I mean, we got business to do. And so next thing you know, I'm, I'm dragging the kids forward to the altar. One of the, uh, one of the counselors to say, you know, you can just tone it down a bit. You know, <laughs> not everybody wants to come to the altar. And I figured that was the only place you could meet with God. But I became, a, became an, an evangelist immediately. I wanted to tell people about Jesus. I wanted others to experience what I had experienced. I want the Spirit of, God, the Spirit of God to speak to your heart today because here's what everybody needs to know. God wants you to know him dynamically. He wants you to have that kind of relationship with him whereby you become his agent, whereby you are used by God for his purposes. And listen to me. If you are not being used by God for his purposes, then, then you're not doing it right. You, you don't understand what this is about. God wants that kind of a relationship with you, whereby you experience and know the Spirit of God speaking to your heart and prompting you to do the things that he wants you to do. We talked about that last week, about the promptings of the Spirit and what, what happens when people respond to that prompting of the Spirit. I went home from camp, grade six. I remember riding on the, on the school bus. We're going somewhere, and I sat, was sitting by a kid, and I thought, hey, here's my chance. It's grade six. He said, Rodney, the meanest, the toughest, the, 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 the crankiest kid in the whole school, he's sitting right beside me. And I said, you know, Rodney, you need Jesus. He said, what? <laughs> you, you need Jesus. You really need Jesus. <laughs> and I thought I was going to get a thumping, man, because he was, he was just a mean, mean kid. He was a like a foot shorter than me, but he had a, a mean streak in him. But you know what's amazing? When the Spirit of God comes upon you and prompts you to be, to be God's agent, it's amazing what happens. And so I said, Rodney, you need, you need to give your heart to Jesus. And you know what he did? Rather than, rather than haul off and punch me in the face, he started to cry. The mean, old, tough old Rodney sitting in the back seat of that orange school bus on our way to Pan Am Pool to swim. There he is. I remember clearly. There he is sitting there crying. And you know what he said to me? He said, Alan, 
there's no way that God would accept me. He said, I've done too many bad things. This is a kid in grade six. I mean, he hasn't committed adultery yet, as far as I know. He hasn't robbed a bank. He hasn't killed anyone. But here he is, 12 years old, grade six, and deeply, deeply aware of his sin, deeply aware of his need of Christ. So there we were. There's these two 12-year-old kids, one just freshly baptized with the Holy Spirit, freshly yielded to God, leading this other school bully to Christ. And I tell you, if you've ever experienced being used by God to touch somebody else's life, I'm telling you, it's, it's like a drug. I was addicted. I couldn't get enough of this. I had to do more of this. And so there are other kids in the school that really needed a dose of Jesus. Some other real bullies and tough guys. And I started inviting them to church. There was David. This lived on Coburg Avenue. He was a real, real... And I said, man, you need Jesus. <laughs> I said, I'm taking you to church. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. At the end of the service, it was Sunday night at Calvary Temple, the old evangelistic rallies, used Pastor Barber used to call him. I said, when Pastor Barber asks, if anybody wants to receive Christ, I want you to put your hand up. I'm, I was kind of taking over the role of the Holy Spirit here. So when Pastor Barber says, if you want Jesus, put your hand up. And so when Pastor Barber prayed after his evangelistic message, I have no idea what he preached about. But I do remember when Pastor Barber said, does anybody want to ask Jesus into their heart? I nudged my buddy, said, put your hand up. <laughs> he put his hand up. And I said, and then Pastor Barber, after that, he always says, okay, those of you who raised your hand, now come to the altar. Kind of tricky if you ask me, but it worked. <laughs> and so we're standing there, and I said, well, let's go. And so I walked him up the, up the aisle, the old Calvary Temple, and as soon as he got to the altar, what we call the altar, he began to cry, just began to sob. And God met with him that night. Now I'm really addicted. This is too good. This is too much fun. And so my mom got me teaching Sunday school. And I was able to lead all the kids in my Sunday school class to Christ. And I was the best in the division. Marilyn Davidson and her sister Vivian were here in the first service, and they were also in my division, so we got a good laugh out of that. But um, they assured me that I really was age 15, on fire for God, and I want to tell people about Jesus because of what Jesus has done for me. Have you been set free? Have you had your sins forgiven? Have you experienced the joy that fills your heart when you say, God, I surrender all, I give it all to you? I wanted everybody to experience that. Have you experienced the Holy Spirit coming upon you and, and using you the way Philip is used here? by the Spirit of God. There is nothing greater in all the world than being used by God for God's purposes. There's nothing on this earth that parallels that. This is what it means to walk with God. This is what it means to be a follower of Christ. I have to tell you, the Holy Spirit was not given for the mere purpose of making you feel happy or feel better or the warm fuzzies or any of that. He was given, the Holy Spirit was given so that you would become an agent working in partnership with God 
to bless this broken and hurting world. I can tell you, this past Wednesday night was one of the most thrilling nights of my whole ministerial life. I've been, I've been in the ministry since 1983, through the arithmetic. I was five when I started. <laughs> Over in this section, 30 people preparing to go to Zambia. In this section, about another 30 people or more preparing to go to the Lighthouse Mission on June 24th. In the lobby, another 25 people or so getting ready to go up north to do ministry in the north. And then after that, there's a little meeting of those who are interested in going to the Philippines and, and those who want to go to Burundi. This is what church is supposed to be about. It's not about you. It's about you being used by God to bring hope to a broken and hurting world. That's where your joy comes from. That's where your fulfillment and happiness comes from. And here's the thing. If the fire has gone out in your heart and you've no long, you're no longer thrilled about walking with Jesus, then there's a good chance that you have been suppressing and even grieving the Holy Spirit in your life. Because God wants you to be in partnership with him to bring hope to this world. That's where the joy comes from. That's where the happiness comes from. That's where the real buzz comes from. And all I can say is that you've got to try it. you just got to try it. When's the last time you said, God, here am I, use me? Remember, when we were kids, my sister's here this morning, she'll remember this. Remember taking all those kids from our neighborhood to Calvary Temple to the Kids' Crusade? We had an old Buick. And in those days, how many remember the days when you didn't have to wear a seatbelt? If you could fit in the car, you could go. Anybody remember, remember those days? And so I think we had like 16 kids in the car, you know. In those days, kids were skinny. <laughs> so our parents, <laughs> eight kids bum to bum in the back seat and another row on top of them and some in the front. We had so many kids that we had to get a bus to bring those kids in. I can tell you, even as a child, I remember so clearly the thrill that came in being a channel of God's blessing to a broken and hurting community. This is Pentecost Sunday. It's a celebration of the Holy Spirit coming to the believers. It's called Pentecost because it happened 50 days. Pente, meaning 50, 50 days after Easter. This is what it means to be a true Pentecostal. If you go back in our history, this is why I'm sticking with this group because I'm hoping that we'll, we'll, we'll catch on fire again. But if you look to the early days of this movement, this Pentecostal movement, there was no group that sent out more missionaries and more evangelists than what we did. The Pentecostal movement, the fastest growing uh, Christian movement in the world today. And it's because of a willingness to say, God, hear my, use me. Do you know that today, out of the two billion Christians in the world today, that a full 25% of them have experienced or would identify themselves with a Pentecostal experience? And by the way, those groups are the ones that are growing the most. Why? Because they understand. 
is to be truly Pentecostal means that you are surrendered to God and his purposes. And you're saying, God, here am I, use me. Philip, having received the spirit of evangelism upon him, is, is saying, God, here am I, I'm showing up for duty. Whatever you need, I'll do it. And so the spirit told Philip, Philip, go to that chariot over there and stay near it. And so that's what he does. And here's, here's what you need to know. If you have the spirit of evangelism upon you, you're willing to, to go and, and be used by God, then God will start speaking to you and start leading you and start uh, bringing you into situations where you experience his power at work in you. There's, there's no, no, no greater high in all the world. It's, it's amazing. Here's Philip, and he comes up beside this woman, this, this man, this, uh, this uh, eunuch, and uh, he says, do you understand what you're reading there? This eunuch is reading actually a, a scroll of Isaiah. And, and specifically, he's reading Isaiah 53. Now, some of you may or may not know this, but we read that on Good Friday because it's all about Jesus, Isaiah 53. And he's reading it. And here's what, here's what he's reading. This is literally what, what this man's reading. He says, it reads this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. That's Jesus. And as a, as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. And in his humiliation, he was delivered of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked him. He goes, how can I? Unless someone explains it to me. And Philip said, well, I'm glad you asked. The eunuch says, you know how to explain this? you understand this? Philip said, absolutely. The eunuch says, come on, get onto the chariot with me. Now remember, this... This Ethiopian eunuch, he's a, he's a very wealthy, very important dignitary in the court of the queen of Ethiopia. He gets up there, starts explaining to this Ethiopian all about Jesus and how Jesus died on the cross for his sins and how Jesus Christ died to give us life. This Ethiopian now has been touched by God and he says, I, I want this. And right there in the chariot, Philip leads them to the Lord. And as they're driving along, the Ethiopian notices that there's some water there. And he says, hey, is there any reason why I shouldn't be baptized? And Philip says, no reason at all. Let's do it. He climbs down and baptizes the Ethiopian man. And when he comes up out of the water, the Bible says that God took Philip away. But the eunuch, filled with joy, goes home. And he shares with his queen what has happened to him on, on the road home. Now here's, here's what happened. Here's the rest of the story. This Ethiopian, when he got home, tells the queen. The queen converts to Christianity, builds a church, and begins the move of God in Ethiopia. Do you know that today there are 62.75% of the nation that would call themselves Christian? All because... Philip said, here my God, I'm willing to be used by you. Are you willing to be used by God? Are you willing to follow his leading? Because here's the thing, he wants to use you. You say, well, I'm not good enough, pastor. I've been to Bible school. I'm not rich enough. I'm not, I'm not talented enough. I, I, I'm not prominent enough. Listen, if you have given your heart to Jesus, then you have You've been made ready for service. And God's calling you to say, here am I, use me. Adam, 
and I have been talking for some time about getting the young adults, some of the young adults who used to go to the youth group years ago. Their parents never went to church, but they came in through kids club and off the streets and whatever. They came, to, they came and took part in our, in our youth services. And then when they hit a certain age, they drifted away. And then Adam, staying in touch with them, uh, talked to them about the possibility of doing a Bible study, and they said, this is exactly what we need, it's exactly what we want. And so for the past few weeks on Sunday nights, we've been getting together here. We give everybody dinner, we sit right here in the front, and I share with them the things of God. And I asked them last week, why do you do it? Why do you come? And one said, well, when I come here, it makes me feel happy. Another one said, when I'm here, I feel, I feel pure. There's something pure about this place. Another one said they remembered that when those, in those days when they were attending regularly and faithfully, that's when they were the happiest. So we're meeting again tonight, and I need you to pray with me that God would use me and Adam as we minister and show them the love of Christ. But I thought, man, isn't it exciting that Adam said, God, lead me, lead me in all this. And he literally got together 20, about 20 young, young adults who right now are struggling with addictions and, and alcoholism and all kinds of problems, but looking for Jesus. My friends, this is what this church is about. It's about reaching out to the broken, the poor, the hurting, the needy, being agents of God, because this is where your fulfillment comes from. This is where your happiness comes from. Are you willing to be led by God? Some of us are going to Africa, and some of you have heard this. Half the group is supposed to be going to Kitway, and the other half is supposed to be going to the village of Chihuahua. And then we got word that the chief of the Chihuahua community decided that he was going to take the property away from the missionaries, and uh, they're going to use it for mining. So here's the, here's the problem, is that we were going over there to build a fence around the property, build a play structure, and then build a, a washroom facility for the hundreds of people that come through there. We buy our tickets, we're ready to go, and then after the tickets are purchased, we find out that they may be leaving the property, and that building a fence and building a play structure just is not likely going to happen. So some, some panicked. And someone asked me, actually, just this Wednesday, Pastor, are you upset about this? Are you worried about this? I said, absolutely not. Because here's what I know. I know that God called us to go. I know that we purchased the tickets. There's no turning back now because you can't cash them in. You can't get your money back. So, Pastor, what are we going to do? And I said, this is what we're going to do. And this is something you all need to learn how to do if you're serious about following God. You need to learn how to do this. Ready? What way, which way is the Spirit blowing? What does the Spirit of God want me to do? I don't know what's going to happen a year from now. I don't know what's going to happen at the end of our missions trip. All I know is this, is that the Spirit of God is going before us. He has spoken to us. He's told us to go, and we're going to go. And God's going to meet the need, and God's going to show us what to do. And it's going to be phenomenal, because we're going to experience God working in us and through us. It doesn't get any better than that. So I would say this to you this morning. You lost your fire. You're no longer pumped about your faith. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to use you again. You need to say, Holy Spirit, I'm available for your use. 
Holy Spirit, make me a blessing to the people I work with. Make me a blessing to my neighbors, to my children. Make me a blessing wherever I go. You see, here's the thing. You don't have to go to Africa or to the downtown or to the north to be a blessing because God wants to use you right where you are. And you just say, God, hear my use me. This past Friday, I'm going to close with this. This past Friday, after prayer, I brought my briefcase to the prayer meeting, which I never do. And I thought, I just felt led to do that and, and just felt led to do some work here in the sanctuary, which I never do. And as I'm working in here, I hear a knock on the front door of the church. Now you have to understand something. I am never here at 9 o'clock on Friday morning. I am always at home. Because after my prayer time Friday morning, I go home and get ready for work. But for some reason, here I am. I've got my back baseball cap on, backward. i got my sweatpants on. i got my black T-shirt on. Stubble on my chin. I can tell you, I don't look like a pastor. I look nothing like a pastor. This guy knocks on the door. He comes in. He said, can you help me? Sit down together in the atrium. Taryn shows up. Taryn goes and gets some groceries for him, some food. And tears are streaming down his cheeks. And he said, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. My life is, is a ruin. And they want to kill me. So who wants to kill you? Hell's angels. He drove in from another province. I won't tell you which province. Drove in from another province running for his life, literally. And on his phone, you could read the messages, the texts from these various drug dealers saying that they're going to kill him. He's crying. He's afraid. doesn't know what to do. He said, can you help me? Sure, I deal with hell's angels all the time. <laughs> Here's my credit card. <laughs> Go take care of things. Here's the thing. When you deal with something like that, it's like if you're dealing this, with this in your own power, your own wisdom, your own strength, your own resources, you'll go bankrupt real quick. You'll get yourself into trouble. But how many know that when you respond to the movement of the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit, then miracles take place? Everybody understand this this morning? So here's this guy. He's got a $10,000 diamond watch. I said, where'd you get that from? He said, well, I had money and I didn't know what else to do with it, so I bought a watch as an investment. He said, I've been, I've been driving across Canada here trying to sell this watch, but nobody wants it. So he says, I'm literally, I've got nothing. I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know what to do. And I said, well, how did you end up here? He says, you know what? I don't know. To be honest with you, he said, I was on my way to kill myself. And I saw a vehicle at the front door of the church, and he said, I thought, I thought maybe, just maybe, I could get one more chance. Maybe God could help me. I said, did you realize that I'm never, ever, ever, ever here on Friday morning at 9 o'clock 
and especially not in the atrium. That's where he knocked on the door. I said, I want you to know that this was, uh, this was a God thing. And tears streaming down his eyes, he said, from, his, from his eyes down his cheeks. He said, you know what, I think, I think you're right. I think, I think this is my last chance. I called my brother-in-law, Ian, some of you know, works at Teen Challenge, deals with people who've got addictions, and I called him. I said, Ian, you wouldn't happen to be on your way to work right now. He says, as a matter of fact, I am. I said, would you mind swinging by the church here for a minute? He goes, well, I've got a meeting right now, but let me call you back. He calls him back. He says, the meeting was canceled. I'll be right there. Together, Ian and I sat together, talked to this fellow. He said... I understand now that God directed me to this church so that I could get the help that I need. He said, I'm willing to sell my car to do whatever it takes so that I can get the help that I need. I can't tell you how thrilled I was to see my brother-in-law pull out of the parking lot and this young man in his car follow behind go check into Teen Challenge and put his car on the auction so that he could get the help from God that he needed. I said as he was leaving the place, do you know that it's not a coincidence that you couldn't sell your watch? Because he was on his way to BC, going, going his own way. Do you know it wasn't a coincidence that I was here at the church? It's not a coincidence that you pulled into our parking lot? It's not a coincidence that my brother-in-law was available to come and help you at this hour? God is showing up this morning for you. Embrace the Lord with all your heart and watch how he'll change your life. I went home and I thought to myself, wow. I didn't know why I was supposed to be here at 9 o'clock in the morning with stubble in my chin and my hat on backward and my, and my, and my sweatpants. But I do know that I was led by the Spirit of God to be in the place that God wanted me to be for that very moment. This is what the Christian life is supposed to be all about. Where you say, God, I don't know what the day holds today, but I know this, that you want to use me for your purposes. This is, this is the, the joy, this is the fun, this is the craziness, this is the thrill of Christianity. God shows up and he partners with you to make, a, make an impact on your world. Are you willing to say, God, here am I, use me? Are you willing to show up for duty? God needs you. There's somebody around you that needs you to be there for them. Would you pray with me, please? Father, Each one here tonight, or this, this morning, has got the potential to be used by you to, to bring blessing to a broken and hurting world. That handful of Christians in Jerusalem, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, literally turned that city upside down. God, we know today that you want to use us to do exactly the same thing right here in this community, in this city. We want to show up for duty and say, God, take me to that new place. That, take me to that higher level of experiencing your spirit working in me and through me. 
God, on this Pentecost Sunday, we want to yield to you and say, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Spirit of God, use us for your purposes, for your glory, and for your honor. We pray that in Jesus' name.